everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of All Elite Geekly. That is the show where we love to ramble and ramble and ramble about, well, geeky things, pop culture things, and eventually we talk about AEW Dynamite. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and I am joined by the one, the only, Dax Xavier Josiah. Dax, how goes? Hey, what's good, wrestling fans? How you doing, Boris? Uh, really crazy, crazy, crazy week, and uh, uh, just gaming wrestling um jesus christ uh my own personal it's like it's just it's a whirlwind right now but i'm ready right it it, it kind of feels like it has been crazy to say the least um keeping busy uh we'll talk about uh your interviews from talk time live at the end but mm-hmm. uh very cool stuff dude always always fun just just having that on in the background and listening to to people talk about the process right and trusting the process and you had a really great one this week that we'll talk about a little later um yeah uh, let's uh so we're going to talk a little wrestling a little later on because uh, aew has been making some moves and it might mm-hmm. signify a change in the creative process yeah a e w that i want to get your opinion on absolutely right all right but as always let us geek out before and we're gonna start with some video game things do you play borderlands have you played borderlands yeah i actually did um i did not finish borderlands um i did buy it for the switch just to you know because remember um i'm not that big of a fps dude but i am kind of into story driven uh fps so i decided to check it out it was you know get the bundle on sale i played it for a bit i like the the character direction and all the stuff, but I couldn't just bring myself to want to finish it. It's a game that's very hard to play by yourself. I'll tell you that one. Yes, I played I'm learning. That is something I'm learned. Drunk. That was my favorite back in the. Sorry, <laughs> as he's taking a coffee, <laughs> a swig of coffee. Hopefully, that's coffee. No chai. one knew it's a. There you. I was literally gonna say no one knew it's a chai. That, no, that's my like, gimmick. That I'm is my chai is my gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the gimmick is what's in Boris's cup. That's usually the gimmick <laughs> with me, right? So I played the game, right, uh, with my yeah. best friend, roommate Mike, um, back in 2009 when the first one came out. And it was a random purchase. We went to the video game store after work. We're both mm-hmm. like, we're not going out tonight. We're just, let's just, you know, play video games, do our thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw And we saw that this new game, Borderlands, had come out. So we just randomly bought it. And honestly, it was such a so much fun playing it together i right. played it by myself year like a few years ago um borderlands 3 yeah and it just wasn't the same as playing it with someone right there with you mm. yeah I, it, it felt like it needed more than just one person playing and it was hard for me to like to really get into like the story like the character direction and the story direction completely i like yeah. i've played like other really good first person shooter games that really dr- like you know, drag like Cyberpunk twenty seventy uh seven, yeah, ungodly. Um, to- Ghostwire Tokyo is a great first person shooter. Oh, this yeah. one, oh, I I love that was actually my really good entry into first person shooters. Like I got to give them credit. It was supposed to be Cyberpunk, but you know, two thousand twenty happened and they you know debacle and it took them to now to get to where they are, um, beautifully. But it was Ghostwire Tokyo gets the, the the credit for me jumping into first person shooters. It was just so much fun. Um, I, maybe I'll go back into Borderlands to try it, especially with everything that just announced right now. So, and, and, and yeah, this right here, um, I'm intrigued. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna watch the Borderlands trailer. I hope this works mm-hmm. properly. I have a different setup. I'm using my uh, corporate stuff right now. So, oh yeah. 
Perfect. Uh-oh. God, I hate this planet. <laughs> Would you look at that? A ladder! Unfortunately, my design doesn't facilitate this type of... I love it. I love Claptrap. He's going to be my reason to go watch this. Destiny awaits. Jack Black, right? Yeah. Legend has it probably the most entertaining thing about the uh, game for me. Treasure hidden in some secret vault. And if you go hunting for it, you'd better take any help you can get. Because it's on the weirdest, most dangerous dumpster fire of a world in the universe. God, I hate this planet. What is that smell? Tesquash gully. Ew! Put the window up! I don't want to! Throw the window <laughs> up! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's Pete. It's Pete. Why do you think it's called Tesquash? How did it get the name? It's in my mouth! Do you know how many people have died? Looking for this vault? We have something they don't, baby girl. Okay. What? Major issues. Time to make it rain! With your body parts! What did I tell you? Minimal no explosions! I said no explosions! <laughs> Mine's a big girl. What are you doing? I needed a gun. So you asked for it. There's only one of you in the world. You're special. Uh-oh. Kill them all. Happening right now. I'm expelling the excess lead. I yes. can't go if you're looking at me. Actually, scrap that. I can. I really can. Actually, it's helping. Are we really waiting for this to finish? All right. Um, two things. Number one, this movie is either going to be amazing or horrible. I agree. Number two, this has this reminds me a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy. At least the trailer, at least. Yeah, I think the trailer. That, that was absolutely the intention. It is blatantly, undoubtedly, transparently Guardians. I mean, right down to the song. Because here, here's a funny thing. I think they Guardians have actually used that song. I'm pretty on sure. Rather, one of their movies or one of their video games. Yeah. And it just the color scheme, everything, the, the vibrant color palette, and everything. It, it just reeks of it. The storyline, it just reeks of it. Now. My hope is that they don't go completely James Gunn with it and it just yeah. leave the trailer like that um, and just have a different type of tone, you know, similar, but not so similar tone. But if if it's completely James Gunn, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. Yep. 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 You know, you can't make, you know, if they try to imitate it, I don't know. Um, we already saw the, suicide, the original Suicide Squad movie do it and it, and it failed. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. Up until the point that James Gunn had to go and show it like, hold my bear. 
Yeah, <laughs> let me exactly. show you how this I'll, works. Let me show you how it's done, baby. Um, it did. Speaking of the original Suicide Squad movie, well, not the original Suicide Squad movie, but James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie, um, Mortal Kombat next week. We are getting Peacemaker in Mortal Kombat 1. My question to you is, what does it take? Do you ever go back to a game? After like when a DLC or some like yeah. I, Cyberpunk to me Cyberpunk doesn't I just count. did this so week <laughs> really yeah just like a couple games um Retromania Wrestling finally got their update this week oh there you go yeah, which you completed see, the entire other half of the story it, shout it out to takes, Mike Herman and all of them they they did a hell of a job on it it takes so much for me to go back to a game when I'm done honestly really yeah even with DLCs Borderlands actually was one that did get me intrigued and I did get mm -hmm. the DLC and I did go back um but that was only a couple months after the you know the the original game was uh, yeah. released but it's very rare for a DLC to captivate me enough to a That's spend crazy. more money on it and b go yeah. back to complete it I guess I'm not a completionist That's that's crazy you're crazy because <laughs> <laughs> I wish people could see your face. You're like <laughs> dumbfounded and shocked. No, I'm, you know, uh, you know, jokingly so, but like yeah. honestly, there's so much awesome DLCs. I'll give I'm you an sure. example. Um, sorry, we talked about Cyberpunk. Oh my God, that that's Idris Elba DLC. That's that's different to me. It's not. Okay, it's, it's not just different. It's not different. Yeah, yeah. But here's the Bernie, thing about that. Um, wait, give me another. Give me another one. Um. Breath of the Wild. For, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, Burning Shores. Fantastic DLC. Spider-Man, um, the first Spider-Man. Oh, uh, had it had it had, had there had another story. I played the game of the year edition, the remastered. So you already had it. Yeah. So I already had it. So to me, that was the original game. I think they're going to so do it again with um with the I update that's do. coming up soon, too. I always used to wait for the game of the year editions of games. Ah, uh, there you go. So you okay, so you have a theme. Mm -hmm. I see how you play. Yeah, so technically. Technically, you don't wait. You just wait for the whole thing. So, like, yeah. you don't play Mortal Kombat. You wait till the Ultimate Edition come out. Yeah, I'll play these games. But that's if, another if one. I, if I do play these games, it's very rare that I go back. Very, very rare. Mm -hmm. But if it's a game that I could wait, like Mortal Kombat or yeah. Street Fighter, I usually do wait until, like, the Super Ultimate, you know, <laughs> give me a handy made of gold edition. Right. Mortal Kombat is getting a second story. They already announced that. So get ready for that. Street Fighter, I'm hoping that they have an actual story mode, a full story mode for what they have, um, like they did with the Shadow Falls. So, I mean, but yeah, like, I do go back. I do go back. It, you know, it helps with the replay value. I I appreciate... Oh, I, another one. Um, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot just came out this week with their final story for Season 2, and I will say this. That game may be the best Dragon Ball Z game that, and I, I got to stress that Dragon Ball Z video game that's ever come out because the amount of content that they keep coming back, they come up with these different episodes and the amount of work that they put into the cinematic um, presentation, uh, CyberConnect 2 puts in. CyberConnect 2 is the company that brings you uh, Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm and all this stuff. It is spectacular. The recent one they just brought out this week is the second of the as the last of the season two. Um, I believe there may be a season three, but there, if you play it all at once, you get a lot of replay value off of that mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Incredible. So, yeah, I do. Yeah. It, to answer that, yes, I go back <laughs> as much as possible. Yeah, cool. Um, a game that I'm really looking forward to that I believe is coming out next week. I don't even know what day we're on. That is Final Fantasy Final VII Fantasy Rebirth. VII. Oh, my God. So IGN has an article. How long did the game take you? First person didn't finish it second person 89 hours and 28 minutes 97 hours and 45 minutes 
60 hours and 32 minutes. Oh, don't tell me that. Don't tell me. Because you know what you know what's so bad about with me in particular? It comes out next week. Mm-hmm. But you know what else comes out as I'm looking at my uh, let me see, it comes out next week. WWE you know what comes out right after that? Weeks. WWE Say it again. 20, WWE 24 comes so out I need weeks. to beat that game. I need to complete Final Fantasy freaking uh seven rebirth. At least before because I'm getting the early edition. I got the I, I pre-ordered the early edition with the 40 years of uh of WrestleMania, so which means I'm going to get it on the fifth, which means I need to take off whatever I got to do right there to get start popping in there because we're going to be reviewing that. Uh, son of a bitch. Uh, March is always the busiest. Like March is March and I October. Find, yeah, March and October, and sometimes November. Uh, mm-hmm. But last year, usually remember, usually like, around fall fall um fall going into November uh, season. Yeah, it's it's these yeah these are the roughest. June too. June, yeah, June can be pretty busy. Yeah, man, I'm really. June is usually quote unquote. June, June is quote uh, usually quote unquote um, E3 season. Uh, we we now call E3? that we now call that Jeff Keeley season. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That man owns it. a Manson and, and a yacht right now. <laughs> oh, 100 percent. Um, he's yeah, gaming. He's gaming's Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> yeah, he is. Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, man. I like. I love the twists at the end. You, because you, you kind of knew where the where the where the game was going, right? You kind of knew that this. Okay, this is. There's enough changes here, but where are they going to go? And then, uh, you yeah. know, at the end of the first game, they have the twist where it makes you feel like it is a whole new game. Not I only love that, how even in Final Fantasy, you got the multiverse. Not only that, Boris, but they're making you choose. I. I, I don't know what to think about. I don't know what to feel about that. I talked about that on my show. I was like, make cloud die. Is, is there a way no, to make cloud die? <laughs> no, we, no, you're going to let you choose the weather, the fate of Aerith. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, all right, I wanted y'all to handle that. I didn't want to put that in my hands. <laughs> no, now it's and, and as well as like you, you know, cloud is going to be able to pick which one of the two or three he can actually have a thing with. He's going to mm-hmm. be able to smash or whatever. Like, that. like Hulk smash. <laughs> Or cloud smash in that case. Cloud smash. <laughs> <laughs> you got a big um, sword. <laughs> I've been super. Bu- <laughs> it's. I've been super busy this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, like really, 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 really busy with work. Talk to me about this hell divers. You, I got no fight in the uh, in the game right now. I, I, don't, I, I figured you didn't. It is something I'm not. I looked at it and I was like, yeah, that's not for me. Yeah. I, I see the hype. It's one of those genre hypes that, like, I'm just not. I'm not going in with. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I'm only going to sell you, but so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, if if anyone does want to sell us on Hell Divers, please do in the comments. I'm more than. I'm. I'm very. I'm curious. I shouldn't say interested. Curious. Yeah, and I, I've seen. I seen it. I watched it, and it just. It was nothing that really intrigued me to really me personally. You know, I felt like it was. It was like. It was so. I feel like in, it. This is going to be multi-platform, isn't it? Yeah. I just feel like it was, it was really Xbox centric to yeah. me in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah. yeah no. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Killer Instinct, SNES, Battletoads, and Battle Maniacs for the SNES. <sighs> RC Pro AM, NES, uh, Snake Rattle and Roll, NES are all coming to Switch Online as of yesterday. All games. From you know what's the significance? Company known as yeah. Rare. You know what the significance of that and the entire direct that they did yesterday was a partner direct. Well, it's the fact that doesn't Microsoft own Rare? 
And yeah. it also, they also announced two other games ex- that were exclusive to Xbox that they agreed to put on other platforms. Um, of, um, that stupid pirate game. Yeah, that uh, it was grounding. Was it grounded and a uh, permanent? I believe is the ones that are coming there as well. But PlayStation Five is getting High Five Rush. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. If if no more of the uh, proof that you know Phil Spencer waved a white flag, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly well. That and you know he he's he, it's all about optics with the government and government agencies right now, right? Yeah. So there's absolutely, that well. there's that as well. Man, there's so many Final Fantasy. I'm just scroll, scrolling through my uh, news wire. There are so freaking many Final Fantasy articles. I never realized how hyped people are for this game. Like I said, I've been so freaking busy this uh, mm-hmm. uh, this this week. It's it's crazy to see all this. It's it's coming, man. It's gonna get hot. It's gonna get hotter and hotter. Um, this is the breath. This is breath of the wild. This is Tears of the Kingdom this year. This is that. This is that hype. Um, and I don't, I, I really don't believe it's going to, uh, disappoint one bit, yeah. especially if yeah. you played the demo yet. No, no, this is one, of the, ple- this is one of the pleasures of having a therapist who's a gamer <laughs> as well. Cause we, like the, we always go off on a good note. It's like, you know, what are you, what are you, uh, what are you going to be doing for the rest? You know what I'm doing for the rest of the week, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, that final fantasy, he played the demo and all this. I'm like, oh man, I shouldn't have played the demo. <laughs> what's your shirt it looks like a new japan shirt from here but i know it's not why can't it be but no <laughs> no this actually this actually um it is it is new japan inspired but it's from a, um a, a uh a guest that i had on the show uh his name is uh jeffrey chamba cruz if you guys recognize that name he is one of the artists from udon entertainment um who he is the one of the, one of many illustrators for uh street fighter official of uh Street Fighter. He's been on my show three times, I believe three or four now. Um, and this is one of his shirts that he that he reps. He's also a wrestling fan too. That's why he did this. This is based on his comic book called Random Views. It's a it's a beautifully drawn. Um, how can I say it? it's a beautifully drawn comic that has no dialogue whatsoever, and it looks like I don't know if you ever watched the anime Photon. Um, it's a very classic anime, but he plays on that deal and it's a really cool deal, but he's also, this guy has worked for Marvel. Um, in fact, funny, funny about that. You guys can't see it, but he will. Um, this right here. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, it looks like an Iron Man that should be in a Contra game. It actually technically sort of kind of is, um, Marvel had got him to, um, illustrate the, the limited edition series called tech on Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, I had him on a show to talk about that, um, which you guys can go into talktumlive.com and look at the uh, exclusive video uh, interview section. And he's on air. And we talk about that. Um, I got I got um, I got two of them, actually. I got a. What is this one? Uh, la, la, la. Got a. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. That looks so very like Evangelion. Yeah. It, one. Oh, like. God. The 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 mech designs that he does is um, his art style. So electrifying. So. Um, basically how I got him on the show, how I met him. It, it's a funny story because it dates back to me going to San Diego Comic-Con. Do you remember I showed you the picture of me with Yoshinori Ono? Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, like this week. Yeah. So it just came randomly. But what you saw, two things you saw in the background. One, you saw my wife photobombing. She always just yep. seems to do this. <laughs> I, I was more interested in the signed switch, but okay. Yeah, that too. Which is 
store it nicely. But also another guy that was in the back who just happens to be the founder of Udon Entertainment. His name is Long Vo. Um, when do you, probably when we finish or when I come back, I'll, I'll show you the illustration that he did um, for me. He signed it in Illustrated Ryu on air. And trust me, this dude's art style is powerful. So I did a long time ago when we were in San Diego Comic-Con, I did a little video of him actually drawing, doing a quick sketch of Ryu on my book and sort of, sort of kind of slightly interviewing him. But years later, 2008-19, full circle, Repop comes to me and asks me, do I want to do two panels? One of which was the Overwatch panel. The other one just happened to be um, the, art, the Art of Street Fighter. Start when I moderated a a panel for those two, for both him and um, Chamba, and that's how we actually met from that point, and it was awesome. It was awesome. So it was like, dude, I seen you in San Diego, and now I'm here talk, you know, interviewing you right now, yeah, <laughs> live. So how did that work? Um, so we ended up being really cool, and he would come on the show every so often. From he's from Australia, mind you, as well. Um. So we would get that international feed there as well. So we every time he comes out with something new, I would like get him on and we would talk about it. But he's he's awesome. And uh, this is one of the shirts that he bought. I got to show you the other shirt that he they, they gave me for the panel. They mm -hmm. um, I asked because I want every every panel that I did live. I wanted to have something that was resembling the deal. So I wanted Good to point. get an Udon shirt from them, but I couldn't get it in time. They actually gifted me a shirt that was uh, an actual which I only wore like twice. Um, because it was it's a, it's a limited edition shirt with both their art styles on air. He's drawn Ryu, and the other one is drawn um, Ken, and it is awesome. I wore it for specifically for the panel on air, I like that. And it's a Udon, it's a Udon Entertainment, it's exclusive limited edition shirt. Yeah. The shirt I'm wearing, I haven't worn in like forever. Steve, uh, I remember the that one. Cat, the Kenny yeah. cat, yeah, yeah. I, like I love that one. All right. Also, the company, the website with three letters, IGN, um, they have released a top 20. It, this is going to be controversial, but I love how <laughs> it always is. When it, whenever you say top, I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> I know. The 25 best rated games from the IGN community. Okay. All right. At least they didn't say of all time or whatever like that. That's when I get pissed off. It's like whenever it, you say it top, it is of all time. It basically is of all time. If you look at the list, let's go through okay. the list. No reaction until the very end. I'm not even going to look at my screen <laughs> that has your face on it. So I can't even see what you're doing. All right. All right. Number 25, The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Number 24, Super Mario World. 23, Super Mario Galaxy. 22, Minecraft. 21, Metroid Prime Remastered. 20, mm. The Last of Us Part 2, ha uh, 19, Half-Life 2, 18, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, 17, Portal 2, 16, Alan Wake 2, 15, Mass Effect 2, 14, God of War, Santa Monica Studios, the newer one, uh, 13, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, 12, Resident Evil 4 Remaster, 11, Bloodborne, 10, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. 9, God of War Ragnarok. 8, Elden Ring. 7, Last of Us Part 1. 6, Persona 5 Royale. 5, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Number 4, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Number 3, Baldur's Gate 3. Number 2, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And number 1, Red Dead Redemption 2. I mean, let's put it out there right now. It's all subjective. 
Yes. Fine. I think I will give them credit for making a fair balance list. Yeah. Um, I have no issue with any of those. I would say, and here's the thing. A lot of that, what they mention is basically stuff from around like less than a like decade. So I still say that there are certain games that may still have topped that to this day. Um, games that were really, I mean, and, and it's hard. It's hard to really put in. How do you compare a Ninja Gaiden Battletoads to a God of War? It's so hard to compare the two, right? Exactly. Or even even recent God of Wars to God of War 3. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I, look, I love God of War and God of War Ragnarok. You know, narratively, it's awesome. Fantastic. Performance-wise, outstanding. Um, visual. You know, just gorgeous. But gameplay plays a factor there. And mm -hmm. as much as I love the gameplay of both of those new versions, the, the um. The North, uh, the Norse God version. I will argue that the Greek mythology series still tops it because there was so much epic, you know, um, action that you like. You're fighting titans, you're fighting large scale, you know, enemies, and you're doing all these cool things. And then on top of that, it's the it's the climax of the Zeus saga, and the payoff. From not only just the three main games, but the two PSP games all leading up to this moment. And it lived up majorly. Um, so it, it's really, I, you know, if you if you haven't played God of War 3 in a while, you could I can easily understand why somebody would pick the recent ones because it's mm -hmm. in their it's in their minds right now. It's still um within the zeitgeist. But go back and play God of War 3. It is God is like it's cinematic epic. Yep. Oh, it's beautiful. Such a great game. Still holds uh, up. And if they, and, and rumor has it that they may be remastering, I remaking. Heard about that. Yeah. And they better keep TC Carson. I swear to goodness, they better not even even um judge himself say like, no, I'm not redoing any of the voices. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. need to respect. They need I I totally agree. Phil Spencer says Xbox is a supportive of physical media amid rumors of shift to digital business. Waving the white flag. Yep. <laughs> I mean, 100%. But he, 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 he did express that he was going to still, they, they are planning to do, to come out with another gen console, but they want to, they're doing something different. And I don't, I don't blame them. They have to, they are, mm -hmm. they are technically, how can I put this? Are, are, in, in terms of wrestling, are they TNA more or less? I would I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, they aren't better than Nintendo. Nintendo's been around for 137 years plus. Um, they are the vampires of the industry. <laughs> yeah, they're the cockroach of the industry too. Yeah, exactly. Um, PlayStation is is just a beast. It's hard to get over those two. Yeah. I just love the fact that Nintendo doesn't really compete with any of the two. They just they do their own thing. They do their own thing. They just from a Seinfeld analogy. Nintendo's the Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Xbox is, is George and <laughs> PlayStation's Elaine. 100%. <laughs> that's how I would see it. And uh, Kramer is Sega. <laughs> Just <laughs> randomly showing up at it. times. <laughs> yes. This got me thinking a lot. So you've <laughs> seen the concept art for the Batman Beyond movie, right? That they. I did. I did just see it. Yes. 
Can you imagine if this had gone forward and they and I can see this happening now, but mm -hmm. it would be too much of a copycat type of thing. But can you imagine a Batman Beyond movie with the same art style of Spider-Verse? Actually, yes, and that would be wicked. Yeah, I think I think it will work immensely to them. But again, this is WB. They got their own thing going on. They got their own style, and I love their style. Um, I don't think they ever want to imitate that because I think that's the strong point of D of DC is that mm -hmm. they have some gorgeous animated uh, and character design uh, movies and TV shows that they have. So. Um, yeah, I, I would I would love to see it like that like that, but you know, I think they will be fine without it. Yeah. I, I think it would be really cool. Like like, like I don't think it's really damn cool. copy, but just kind of like mm -hmm. that style. Well, like, look what I, they did I, with I, the turtles. Look what that studio did with the turtles. Yeah, exactly exactly. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Um the closest thing that you're gonna get to a um a a creator approved version of the of the turtles that you're gonna get without it being like dark and yeah. But then you have the writing of DC, and I think that's where their strong um, suit is at too. The writing for DC animated, you know, TV shows and movies are really good. Mm -hmm. Yepers. All right, what else is going on? Anything geek you want to talk about before we move on to the wrestling? Uh, now I think we really covered a lot in this case yeah. right now. We really just, did. It's just. It's just so much an abundance of things coming in the next few weeks. It's just gonna be. It's gonna be a whirlwind. Especially if you're covering all this stuff. Oh yeah, man, it's it's really crazy. All right, let us let's just go into the wrestling then. So, because there is a couple things I wanted to talk about. Uh, so last week and on the main show, I had talked about Jennifer Pepperman leaving WWE. Mm -hmm. uh, she was a writer. She did a lot of soap opera. She wrote One Life to Live and the Amazon series After Forever. Um, she left WWE on her own accord. She so happens to be very good friends with Mercedes Monet. Uh, and it looks, well, SI reported yesterday that AEW has signed Jennifer Peppermint. See, this is signifies a couple of huge things. So she is going to be vice president of content development, um, where she's going to be focusing on live TV, obviously. Um, to me, this signifies a huge shift in AEW, but for the best. Number one. Okay. Number one, Tony Khan won't be the only one doing everything. Not to say that he always was, but now he we have someone who is certifiable, bonafide, knows what the heck he can he's let, doing. He can let some of the weight off of yeah. him. Yeah. Everybody one thing that, that I also exactly one thing that I also want to make very clear is well, well it seems that she's not going to be focusing just on the women's division. Where in WWE, that's one of the things that she was really doing is focusing oh. on the women's division here she's vice president of content development so it looks like she's going to be focusing on the entire kit that's good and she's an award winner too at that so i mean like exactly number two this signifies something huge because obviously you know this almost confirms that mercedes monet is going to be appearing in yeah. a on aew tv in less than a month but more so that they are now writing non-wrestlers or not all creative things are, are left to the wrestlers that's huge how does that make you feel like things um, about that more I, than anything else. I think pick and choose. I think there's some. Uh, as far as story direction, yes. As far as what they say, pick and choose, because some people can handle bullet points and some people can't. Some people are going to need a little bit more help to get them 
adjust it to that. And if they could prove that they can do it without it, not everybody's going to be Arn Anderson. Not everybody's going to be Moxley. You know, not everybody's going to be Telly Blanchard and know how to talk and get the crowd riled up and know how to handle it. Nobody's not, not anybody's seeing punk, you know, you're going to need, or even Cody Rhodes to that measure. You're going to need somebody to help you get to that level. Cause some people aren't, I mean, it's been since the days of NWA, you watch, you watch Arn Anderson, then you watch black Bart. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I think it's a, I think it's a positive. Are you going to? Um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a positive. I think that, like you said, I think now it's uh, it gives the company options, right? There's someone like a Jericho who can do their own thing, and I think that will continue to be the case. But then there are others, you know, some of the people who came from the direct from the indies who might not be comfortable with writing their own promos with. Or we uh, just don't have the personality. Stories, I mean, or they just don't. Yeah, or they just can't. There are people who came from the Indies who are just like again the Bucks. Like how their charisma is insane, their ability to just you know push out whatever they say out their mouth with conviction. It's not something everybody can do. Mm -hmm. Um. So right before we hit record, I think I don't remember if I hit record before or after or we talked about it right <laughs> after. That that's where my mind is. My mind is racing a mile a minute right hey, now. That's where I said all my sacred stuff. It better not be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um rico case opened um so it was announced that wwe's world is replacing fan access it's going to be in philadelphia it's wrestlemania weekend obviously um dax you just just purchased tickets to attend ticket yeah, <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fanatic yeah, yes, 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 yes. There's gonna be singular. A, there's gonna be a 2K24 gaming tournament. Oh, is that right? Yeah, gonna have to. I was not aware. So wait, where are you getting all this information? Because here's the problem. I went in immediately to find. First of all, they don't make it easy for you to find where to get the tickets on the site. In fact, I didn't go on the site. I found. I, I googled it, and an, another article had a link to the damn site where I could get the damn ticket. So. Come on, WWE, get your stuff together. I don't know what the hell's going on there, but I managed to get my ticket. And um, and basically, they didn't really explain exactly what everything is going to happen there. And that was the article I went on. Oh, wait, that's yours. <laughs> yep, Slam Wrestling. SlamWrestling.net is proud partner of SNME Radio. Shout out to them. Yep. And first of all, by the way, I love the logo. And I love that they're pandering into the Eagles and the NFL players. Very genius. As they should. Considering the As they partners. should. The whole partnership with the NFL is just genius, period, mind you. It's incredible. But, yeah, I went in there. And um, they don't really describe to you what everything is going to happen that day. So, Because the there's two different types of tickets. There's daytime tickets and there's evening tickets. The daytime tickets are like 60. The evening ones are like 30. Uh, kids are a little bit... Um, you know, kids' uh, prices are, you know, cheaper, uh, as of course. But I assume that because the nighttime tickets are cheaper, that it's not going to be too much festivities going on there. It's just you go in, check out the showcase or whatever like that. Um, but the daytime when I'm thinking it's going to be good. So I'm going Friday. And Friday, I think, I think is think best because, yeah, it's early, early Friday afternoon and all this stuff. Check it out. There's probably going to be a lot of great stuff happening on Friday. Usually closer to the weekend is when things wrestlers. usually... Some right, wrestlers. exactly. Probably some big wrestlers at that. Um, and then also, I mean, downtown, you're going to walk past somebody. Somebody, they're going to be. It's going to be hard to be around, you know, like Philly. 
you're gonna you're gonna probably walk past somebody, mm-hmm. no doubt. Um, it, God, WWE is gonna swarm this town. It's so crazy because Fan Expo is coming in May, and WWE I feel like is gonna teach them how to handle this city. You know what's what what I find crazy that honestly, like I don't know if when you obviously haven't gone and experienced the WrestleMania in a very long time, and back yeah. then when we went wasn't the same as it is now oh no um, you know by the and, and because it's literally turning into the super bowl atmosphere where it is it, just this big they overtake I feel like, a city i swear to god right after wrestlemania 15 when they were here in philly before the next year yeah. was wrestlemania 2000 in anaheim uh which by the way funny 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 thing that they never mentioned anaheim this week on raw and the significance of anaheim notice that yeah, because it's the McMahon face off. It was the man, you McMahon, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But um, I digress. Um, they they started to do the fan the fan um events right after us because we had the WrestleMania Rage Party, and that was like their version of Wally Mania back then. I guess back then because they had um, I remember Isaac Hayes perform. They had uh. Who else? Uh, Isaac Hayes, uh, Big Pun, uh, a few other people before him and, and all this stuff. And they had the angle with Stone Cold in there. And they, it was really it was a lot of fun, but it just didn't have next year when they went to Anaheim. And I'm like, yo, they have a convention. I, I would have loved that. There were because there was less interaction with any of the talent at yeah. the time when we went. There was so much more interaction when they did access. I was like, yeah, that, I, I yeah. feel salt right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I got like I met Stone Cold, I met The Rock, I met Mankind, I met mm-hmm. uh, Mick Foley, I should say. Um, no, I didn't mean Mick Foley. I met Rock and Stone Cold for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I met Christian. Christian mm. was there. Uh, the NWO, they all did a signing together. Well, oh, nice. the Outsiders, the Outsiders, Hogan was too good for us. <laughs> of um, course. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a great time, great time, and they had matches and stuff. I I forgot who who wrestled. I feel like it was Mr. Perfect and someone. Yeah. I, I mean, that's when Mr. Perfect did that like short return. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm telling you, like, it's going to feel weird for me to go into this. It feels so, again, the word of my year and the word, which should be the word of everybody's year is surreal. Yep. <laughs> it just keeps happening. It's just crazy. Yeah, I know. Exactly. All right. Let us jump into AEW Dynamite from last night, February 22nd. Things get started right away as the Blackpool Comic Clubs, John Moxley, and Claudio Castanoli face off against FTR's Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. Thoughts love this match. match. Love this match, but it ended kind of weird, but I love this match nonetheless. It felt like they were very reliant on time as if there was an actual person checking the time. Yes. Like, um, you know, you, you guys know that you can't fake time, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Because a lot of people don't know how to tell time these days. Yeah. They do. So, I so mean, like, you, you work me, to your advantage. <laughs> right? Like, I, I honestly feel like there was someone with a stopwatch and they were kind of at the very, like the last, what, two minutes or so. Yeah. It's like they didn't really know what to do because they're waiting for that final spot. They're right. waiting for the shatter machine. They're waiting for the sharpshooter angle, like a uh, spot. Right? They just stopped mid, mid, like mid, um, finisher. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very weird. A good match, but a very good but, hard match. Oh, everything up until that point was great. And I just I know they were trying to do the the do the success of the swerve, um, and hangman deal. I mean it. 
work, but not nearly to the effect of okay. that. My question to you, Dax, mm-hmm. did, are they going into the time limit draw well too often? No, because this is only the second. Um, this is the sophomore time. If they do it again, then now we can talk. Um, what I think they should do, I'm pretty sure a lot of people probably said this too. I'm not the first. They probably should just start because how many times they didn't do if they go longer than 15 minutes, they should start announcing that it's been 15 minutes and all the stuff like the old NWA used to be NWA. So it's funny that you say that because when they do do it in the past, when they did do it in the past, Mm -hmm. you knew they were going to hit the time limit draw. So, but that's the thing. Do it every time so we can do it. Yes. You're not going to know. If you yeah, that's the thing, and, and that used to be the case when I used to go to like old NWA um events at the Civic Center. It's like, or even just watch it on TV. You would hear Gary Michael Cabetta or whatever like that. You know, just shout out like fifteen minutes to the match, fifteen minutes or twenty five minutes to the match, and they would just keep you going. That actually plays into the intrigue of the match because you know they have a certain amount of time. You know that they're wrestling. It adds on to the story. Is at this point some of the things that they don't do in wrestling. Not just this particular promotion, is a is an act of laziness. I mean, keeping up with the rankings, um, doing you know, and, and making sure that that makes sense. Um, time limit stuff, like stuff that you need to make it actually feel like a sport. It's just like I, I, the attention to detail. I need more and more in wrestling, and not just you know what it is, not, not just AEW, okay. but all kayfabe. It's because it's the lack of kayfabe. It is. It's just like, all right, everybody knows, so let's just go along with it. Like, no. That's exactly it. Like, effort in it. Even AEW putting up a Jennifer Pepperman is all elite graphic to me was like, whoa. Wait, like, they actually did that? Yeah, yeah, they did. They're announcing that they hired a writer. Right? Like, it's kind of... It's, it's, to me, it's interesting. It's a new era. I I get it, but like, no. Like, yeah. I, how many people really knew about her? Before two weeks before ago? beforehand before the reports came, no. <laughs> like, why not give her the king of the, the queen of the ring uh, get up too? Why? <laughs> Mox, Mox, Moxley with a bulldog choke, but Wheeler is in to break it up. Harwood drops Moxley and locks in a sharpshooter at the same time. Castanoli locks in a sharpshooter, and I love that the two Bret Hart marks have sharpshooter. Uh, mm-hmm. Castanoli obviously with the. Um, uh, with the Tyson and the Hart family uh, connection there. Right. Uh, Harwood and Castanoli trade strikes. Harwood with a pile driver as time expires. Ooh, FTR that pile driver was beautiful. Sh- it was really beautiful. Uh, FTR hits the shatter machine, but we are at a time limit draw. They all start fighting. Everyone tries to separate them, and that was that. This was a really good... I mean, up until the weird end, and then weird end doesn't take, take away from how great this match was, to be honest. Um... But this was a, it reminded me of a really good Ring of Honor style match. Um, you know, especially with them doing the back and forth slapping of each other's face during its sharpshooters. I've seen spots like that a lot. It was, it was, it was a great competition. It really did show uh, true grit in this mm-hmm. episode. And that's why I enjoyed the most. Yeah. Uh, AEW International Champion Orange Cassidy is backstage with Renee Paquette. And he's asked about his last few weeks. And Cassidy says, He's tired, he's beat up, yada, yada, yada. Cassidy says the doctors. Uh, Cassidy's with a doctor, uh, and apparently he meets the minimal medical clearance. And Cassidy vows to wrestle later on in the show. Okay, uh, again, much credit to Irvin A. Paquette. 
how she ran down every single thing that he did fluently <laughs> throughout the entire, all the matches that he did leading up to this point and going into uh, Rev, um, Revolution was just, you got to take, you got to really understand that that wasn't easy to do. Like, that mm-hmm. was amazing. And mm-hmm. she did it like, because I've, I've, we've all heard WWE backstage interview con- uh, before in the past and how robotic they used to sound and all this stuff. And then to see her do this and just, she does her own thing and she does it so well. So I, I, I never want to not, you know, take, I always want to take a side to give her credit for all that because she, she does what she, she does her job really well. We're going to take a break, a quick pause on AEW. What do you think of Jackie Redman on Monday Night Raw? I think she she's pretty good. Um, you know what? Why I ask? Because Jackie Redman and Renee Paquette they started off at this uh, Canadian station called The Score here in Toronto. Oh, she was a part of the Score too, and they were both actually found from the same uh, talent search contest. Yeah, wasn't yeah. Kathy Kelly also no in the realm? No, no, no. No, wait, no. You know what? I'm wrong. She was she was for um, she wasn't in she wasn't in Canada. She was uh, a part of uh, what's her name. Oh, what's that celebrity name from? Um, oh, I'm I'm going. One of the celebrities that used to do extra or something like that. Um, she does a lot of movie. You see her in the movies at right yeah. now, but she has she had her own podcast network, and she used to cover a lot of the wrestling, uh, WWE wrestling. And I used to listen to that. He's really good. And Kathy Kelly came from that show, and and she ended up in uh she ended up in NXT uh, later yeah. on. They end up yeah. picking her up and suddenly became Triple H's favorite person to talk to for some reason. Um, I won't go too deep into that one. <laughs> but he always seemed like he loved some Kathy Kelly, boy. But yep. yeah, she came from that. But she always liked her, too. Yeah, so uh, Renee Paquette and Jackie Redman, they've had literally the same upbringing. Uh, they both started awesome. off in this talent search uh, contest. They both won it. They both were on the score. They both went into the wrestling. In mm-hmm. fact, Jackie Redman replaced Renee Paquette when WWE hired her. Uh, I see. I see what you're going on. Well, to her credit, she, I think she does really well. I think she, um, and again, I think credit to the fact that Triple H is now handling the realm. He's allowing some freedom mm-hmm. in how they approach these, um, the wrestlers and everything. So even, yeah, even I'm, Kayla Braxton, right on SmackDown, like you can tell she's very different oh now than gosh, you from a few months ago. Not a, there's so many changes about Kayla Braxton. I almost didn't recognize her when I saw her, first of all. <laughs> on top of that, Yes, yeah, she sounds way different than she used to. Um, I mean, she comes off way different, you know, presentation-wise um, than she ever did before. Yeah. FTR's in the back. They say they would have won the match if they just had a few more seconds. And FTR then challenges um, the Black Blue Comic Club. Yeah, mm-hmm. Black Blue Comic Club for a match at AEW Revolution. Moxie and Cassin only show up. They argue and they get separated again. So did uh, correct me. We didn't get. We, they're obviously going to wrestle at Revolution, but we don't know yeah, what yeah. type of match is going to be. It's going to yeah, be a gimmick, much. right? Two, t- probably two out of three. I can see. Ah, that would be good. I think competitively, if they want to do a competitive, this is not. They're not in the means to do a grudge match yet. So there's no, no need for a cage or anything like that. So yeah, nah, two out of three would be awesome. You don't need the weapons gimmick, but it is yeah. Moxley. So you never. Yeah. Know. No, but this is his, he's also, you know, he also is like very diverse. So he, he could do him. I think this will be a great two out of three would be awesome. Yep. Orange Cassidy versus Mike Bennett with Matt Taven was up next. Again, Matt Taven. 
love him in the ring, hate him outside the ring. And I, I think I think hate is too strong of a word. He's I just think he, he lacks He's very evolution. Yeah, yep. exactly. Well said. He lacks dimension. He stays on the same. Like he needs he needs a whole optic change. He needs a whole presentation. Like that hairstyle hasn't been even cool since what? <laughs> Ever? <laughs> I, I would look. I would argue. I don't live in that environment. I don't live in that part of the town that he lives in. That where that actually works for him. But like, <laughs> like Chris Jericho. Like if he, you you work in a field with Chris Jericho, don't you? You should learn how to evolve your. Evolve. Like mm-hmm. if you have the same, if if your presentation outside your personal presentation matches your ring in ring presentation, he'd be awesome because his in ring is awesome. Yep. Roderick Strong is out. He distracts the ref. Bennett low blows Cassidy and hits a pile driver. They're at ringside. Uh, Cassidy sends Bennett to the steps. There's more, a lot more back and forth. Bennett eventually hits a Death Valley driver on the hard cement. Um, but Cassidy recoups very quick, hits an orange punch. Uh, but Bennett finds a window to get Cassidy in a pile driver, another pile driver. Uh, oh, great. Was, was this the gotch pile driver? Yeah, it was the gotch pile driver near the end of the that match. Go, yep. That gotch pile driver was insane. Yeah. It's always cool to see the gotcha pile driver actually being executed. I feel like no one ever gets it done. Suzuki, I don't think he's ever done one. <laughs> there was no sport, but I think it's always stopped. Um, right. Right. Like, okay. This so, one, he, yeah. he, this was kind of like gotcha pile driver meets Paul Orndorff pile driver. Yes. Because yes, he jumped. Very, yeah. Bennett was, yeah. It was oh, it good. was, it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, the two are battling back and forth. Cassidy out of nowhere hits a beach break and gets the pinfall. Matt Taven, Roderick Strong attack Cassidy, and of all people, Jake Hager. I guess they need him to do something to get paid. Makes sense. okay. I was waiting for had this. I was waiting to have this conversation. Um, I know I watched my fair share of AEW to, and follow the storyline. Where did Jake Hager come in to the point that he's helping out? Guys that he's been like facing, like it just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like an RKO. Yeah. <laughs> but not as effective. We'll not as see. Effective. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Angela Parker and Ruby Soho, they're uh, going to meet up for their date. A car appears, but it's Ric Flair coming into the building. Renee Paquette catches up with Ric Flair, and Ric Flair is all upset, blah, blah, blah. He's disappointed that he's not bigger. He's not playing a bigger part. Instinct's final match. Um, and then he comes face to face with Matthew and Nicholas Jackson. Okay, there's so much I need to take out of the, out of this entire segment. Um, one, this was the weirdest thing ever for Flair for Flair to do. I don't know where this is coming from. They didn't have any lead in random. It was very random, but that was when my focus. My focus was when um was uh, Parker, what was his name again? Um Angelo Parker. Yeah, Angelo Parker was waiting for Ruby Soho, and they were, you know, Flair comes up with his car, and it's like, oh, that's all right? Like, no, we're catching a lift. I died laughing. Yeah. Because not only did he say, did he say, look, you couldn't get any cheaper yeah. of a ride service. You didn't get Uber. You got yep. a, lift. It, a for, lift. I can't speak for other states or whatever like that, but in Philly, Lyft is kind of like the cheap version of uber even though the funny part is a lot of the uber uber drivers are also lyft drivers as well but lyft yep. their their services are as up to par as uber um per se but like i just thought that he he like he didn't get he didn't go for uber he went to a lyft 
Yeah. I was like, oh, dude, you, I can't wait to see where y'all eating. <laughs> GI Fridays. Where's in and out, whatever, like technicals. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Checkers. I don't know. <laughs> I, I am. I am. So I hope they film this whole entire situation. I need. I think this is going to be a great laugh. <laughs> I think it would be even funnier if they don't film it and they just make reference of how cheap it was. But somehow she still dig it. You know, yeah, like, exactly, I, don't expect, exactly. I don't expect Ruby Soho to be that type of person, like to be like really like bougie about like what she prefer. But like, like that was a great like he he was like, no, nah, baby, I got a lift. I was like, yo, the man, the man. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I, and yep. I like Renee's response to uh, Ruby when she came out. She's like, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was so genuine. I was like, I love that, uh, that part of the segment. I love, but when he got to the Ric Flair part, I was like, okay, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. The whole Ric Flair stuff is very weird. Like, I, I like it, but it kind of seems. I for, honestly, I forgot Ric Flair was even around. And that maybe that, and that's the very issue that he was trying to discuss. Um, but I did also have in my mind saying, like, okay, this is the dirtiest player in the game. So Ric Flair is doing one of two things. He's either going to attack the Bucks in the match, or yep. he's going to cost Sting the match. I think I think I really think that it's it's a. I think he's playing uh, the Bucks. That's where my lead in is going to. I can see that, and then they fire him. Yeah, yeah, because it's. I mean, the other scenario because I thought remember, was like the Bucks are all about getting rid of these guys of these old. That was guys. my point. That was my point. Like, doesn't make sense because he's. They're trying to get rid of the past. They respect mm-hmm. the past, but they want to get rid of the past and. You know, I've seen angles before where, like, they, uh, you know, get these legends to come in, but they end up beating up the legends. And I'm like, Ric Flair is not in the state to be in that type of, as much as he would like to, I don't think he's in a position to be able to get assaulted in the way that he probably wants to be. So the other thing is just, like, he's 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 doing one for, the, for, um, for Darby and Sting. Yeah, that is what I can. Okay, so the whole Ric Flair thing. This is a hundred percent, a hundred percent what I thought of. Give me one sec as I bring this up. I have to hit share screen, and then this is gonna come up. Let me make this bigger. That's what she said. Share it on the stream. This is honestly what I got. This is the vibe I got out of Ric Flair, and this is okay. from Beyond the Mat. You're gonna know exactly what it is. Oh no! So who lived in Amarillo? The other oh, one no, was not unfortunately this. not as successful. <laughs> Dennis Stamp had over 800 matches, none of them main yep. events. Now an exterminator, he was the self-proclaimed king of the cockroaches. Are you coming to the show Thursday night? Uh, no, no, I won't be. Why not? Oh, I'm not booked. Awesome. For I'm not booked. And what really, what, what really bothers me is Dory this Funk is Jr. I, you know, I have nothing against... <clears throat> This, the man he's wrestling, but I could swear to you, I could guarantee to you that nobody, no one could have a better match with Dory than I would have. So that part hurts. So, but I, I really wanted to be on as a referee, but um, the uh, people who make the decision, whoever that would be, didn't, <laughs> didn't offer me any position. So I'm not booked, I won't be here. <laughs> I don't do any tricks, but I just jump. I stay fit. I watch what I eat because oh. I never know when my next match is going to be. You know, I had my last match, I think it was 1991. With this so it one. gets to be a lot longer between yeah. matches. But uh, I never know when I'm going to have my next match. So I've got to stay in shape for that. I've got to be ready. 
you know, I'm only 50 now and the phone could ring at any time, you know. How's everything going? <laughs> I'm not oh, going to be here, but... Why aren't you? Because I'm not booked. You're not going to be here. Why aren't you going to be here? Please be here. I'm not going to be here, Terry, because I'm not booked. That's, a, that's, that's an old rule. You. That's an but old rule I've to. had for a long time. Because I'm not involved. I want you to come, please. Well, I already have other I already have other arrangements and and, and, and don't take come. it personally because I, I used to be in the dressing room and I used to see the old guys and that's where I am now. I used to see the old guys that came in the dressing room that come around and they looked like old dogs just hoping somebody <laughs> would recognize them. Here's Spot. I really have to be involved and I'm not. I want you to be there. You know, and I did oh, and I, I did you ask you in April, if I could referee some matches on the card, which would have been, which would have been, but I'm not on the card. I'm not booked. All right. I, I, okay. Oh, my, my uh, mouth hurt. My mouth is sore right now. <laughs> dude, I love, they, this is one of the best scenes of that, of that movie ever. They have to redo this with Ric Flair somehow. I, oh, with trampoline and everything? Yes. Yes. Like, this is. <laughs> Like as soon as Ric Flair is like, I, I I thought I would be more involved. I'm like, dude, this is beyond the mat. <laughs> Number two, the guy says he's. I need 50? to buy me a trampoline, and I have my weights. I'm ready to. <laughs> the guy says he's 50. He looks like he's 75. <laughs> Considering uh, the, the wrestlers we watch, like Edge is 50. Right. Oh, tennis stamp. Oh, that was man! If you guys didn't see ever watch Beyond the Mat and you're a wrestling fan, that's one of the gems you need to go out and go out of UAC. It's just it is legend. That that scene alone. Again, I feel like um, being the elites done this in the past, but whatever. Recreate this with Rick. They actually they did. They did. They did right? I, I'm, they did. I'm pretty sure they I saw did. an episode where they did. This. I think it was yeah. I think it was um, yeah. Was it yeah. Kenny Omega who actually was the one in the trampoline? I think it was. I think it was. Dude, those old those old being elites. I keep telling myself I want to go back and rebinge the from the beginning because they were so good. The original ones, right? Like they were. Oh, so they ripped them when, when Cody and all pre AEW. Oh yeah, it was so 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 good. Well, that's Rick Flair. He's Dennis oh. Sam. I, I need I need I need ice for my for my cheeks right now. They just. <laughs> oh, that was that was so great. Yep. <laughs> And you, yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I, I just, I just want to see, like, in the background, like Sting and and, and Ric Flair saying, "I'm not booked." <laughs> <laughs> you're in, you're in a match now. You're in a match now. <laughs> yeah, you're the referee now. I'm not booked. <laughs> I, got, I got previous engagements. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny part is, he could because they're in his backyard. Yeah. <laughs> oh my oh. God. Tony Schiavone's in the ring. Garcia comes out and he's asked about his match with Copeland, who is not clear to compete. It's announced that Garcia, so we are right. Garcia will, in fact, be facing Christian Cage for the mm-hmm. championship at AEW Revolution. Garcia talks about how he got to this point, and he says that if the match wasn't stopped last week, he would have made Copeland tap out. He says the next time he sees Copeland, he's going to be the TNT champion. That was, You know what? Garcia, it's kind of funny. One of the things he, uh, Garcia was talking about earlier this week, I think it was even busted open with Bully Ray, um, mm-hmm. and he basically said that you know two things, you know his some uh, the entertainment stuff. He wants to become bigger, and that's what's stopping him from becoming a main eventer. So I kind of like yeah. that self awareness that he has. Um, 
but here's the thing. This was fine. This was dandy. This was L dandy. But the issue is you put him in a mic contest, essentially. Luckily, it wasn't a mic contest. But the guy who follows him, you can't. You can't. Right. You just yeah. see how Garcia is just not at the level of a Christian cage. No, the Christian God, cage no. and the patriarchy come out. Cage says that Copeland will never get another shot at the title. Cage admits that Garcia is on a great run, but he doesn't think he's ready to face him at Revolution. Cage calls Garcia a his dancing a distraction. Cage brings up Garcia's childhood and his father who passed away. Cage calls Garcia's father a piece of crap and an alcoholic, and he says that he wants Garcia to live up to his full potential, and he wants to be Garcia's new father. Garcia threatens Cage, and Nick Wayne comes to the ring. Garcia attacks him, kills switches out, but Menard makes the save on time this week. Yeah, thank you. That's the first thing I thought, too. Um, Here's my thing with Garcia. I love Garcia. I recognize his talent. I think he's awesome. Um, Yeah, he needs development in terms of persona, which I think he's he's slowly progressing. But he's also this generation's Alex Wright. And I say that, but... He's he's doing things that Alex Wright did not do. And I think the thing is, he didn't start off being this gimmick. And I think yeah. he was taken seriously when he started. I think that's that helped him greatly. Alex Wright, for those who know who I'm talking about, came in like a dancing goof. Yeah. And, and a terrible wondering. dancing goof at that. Yeah. But you, even if he wanted you, even if you he wanted people to take him seriously, there was no way in hell that they were doing it. But when he, when Alex, when when Garcia does it, it's not that big of a deal, and it's not, it's a little bit more subtle, and he could easily, at some point, as he's gaining more popularity, he's gonna eventually stop that and be taken more seriously. One one of the major issues with Alex, right, was the fact that when he did want to be taken serious, he completely went the opposite direction, and he became Berlin. Remember? Yeah. Oh God, damn! I forgot about that. Ugh. Oh, those are the bad worst times. Yeah, they were the best of times. They were the blurst of times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hangman Adam Page, Hook, and Rob Van Dam chat about the main event. And of note, Hangman Adam Page said that his only goal is to hurt Swerve Strickland. Boy, talk about irony. Right. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, I want to note that like I was wondering, like, this team up is weird because it's like obviously he's you know, he'll he's becoming a hill. And then you got two baby faces. But then we saw in that segment, okay, that answered a lot for me. So I was much better off it. Tony Storm faces Sydney Winnell. Storm with a Storm Zero locks in Deanna Perrazzo's Venus de Milo for the win. As Storm celebrates, Deanna's music hits, and she's out for her match against Dax's favorite, Madison Rain. Dax, you can talk about this match. It was everything I hoped for and more. (laughs) And that it wasn't. (laughs) And... Oh, you know, he's being very facetious when he says that I'm a fan of Madison Rain. Um, I'm sure she's a sweet person, beautiful and athletic to a fault. But I don't understand this reliance on her as if she's like Jackie. As if she's like um, any of the legends that we know of. I can name off the tip of my tongue that can actually treat her like she's a Serena Deeb. Oh, but, but eons no, <laughs> like, and they do, they do, they really. I mean, like, it's it's. She goes out there, and they call her the coach, at mind you, and she goes out there, and she has actually the opposite of what everybody 
of the credibility everybody gives her. And that's just my perspective. I can't, maybe somebody has a better perspective than I do on it, but it just never comes off in this match. I, I, I was about to, you know, it's crazy. I was about to say like, all right, she's getting through this match without actually getting into anything. And then you could go ahead and fill the rest of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, this match really wasn't too much. Rain sends Prozo into the steel steps. Rain and Prozo go back and forth. They collide together. Prozo slams Rain. She lands hard, so the referee checks on her. Prozo kind of quick uh, goes in, locks in Tony Storm to break a leg to get the win. After the match, Tony Storm runs down. Prozo kicks her hard. Mariah May, who may oh my, is out with a distraction, and Storm gets the <laughs> upper hand as she downs her and locks in the break a leg. Yeah, you know, you said that beautifully about Mariah May. <laughs> like, I haven't, I don't know about her wrestling skills, but my goodness, she is a work of art. <laughs> I will tell you that. I do love the part when they come down, and for a split second, they do a split screen graphic of the black and white filter to the, you know, HD filter. And I was like, that was beautifully done, beautifully transitioned in. Yep. Loved it. They're getting really to the hang of that. And it's a something that, again, is something that you ever never seen before. Like, God forbid, if she ever ends up in WWE again, if that ever happens and they try to do this gimmick, I'm pretty sure they could do that really oh, well. Yeah. But like, kudos to AEW for really. <clears throat> Finding something uh, in her that's her. Yes. There you go. It was just it, it, the transition of it was so smooth. I really yeah. enjoyed what they did with that. Yeah. That's actually my um my image for the for the uh, slam article, which you can find at slamwrestling.net because I just liked it so well. And I love I'm also proud of my headline Storm Razzles as Perazzo Dazzles. Oh, that's awesome. Right? <laughs> also awesome. Tony Storm's um gear. I like this was probably the most I, I really liked her gear this time around. Yes. Um, the boots especially was awesome because it's it's so gorgeous. George era. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, they, the they whole gimmick looks like gorgeous gear. George to me. Yeah, they perfected the ring gear for sure. Like she, like it looked like she was wearing granny something. for the last few weeks and all the stuff. Yeah. This time it's still it's like a little bit form fitting, but still chic and and like has that, um, that you know, that that, that peace period era type of you know, look of that, of that time. And it, it, it was really well done. I, it, I feel like they finally figured it out, but her, I, I, the boots also was just, it was, a, it was a great dead ringer. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let us go. Darby Allen has a picture of sting and his sons. And he says, starts singing some Nickelback. And he says, look at this photograph. Allen says family is all that matters. Sting shows up. Sting says he's going through a hard time as his dad passed away last year. And his dad was a hero to him. Cue Christian Cage. Sting says that all of this makes him think about his own mortality. Sting says time catches up with everyone and it's catching up to him real fast. Sting says he's bringing whatever he has left and taking it to the Bucks. Really loved this. Um, it really felt passionate. It felt genuine. It's what Sting does. He's from that era. He, you know, he knows how to do a, a genuine promo and from the heart. And he talks on reality there. So, you know, it's just one what of those. Love, um, say it again. What I love to see is you have Sting from a certain mm -hmm. era. You have Adam Copeland and Christian Cage from a certain era. And then you have all the this new crop of wrestlers, right? And you can yeah. really tell the difference in 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 a lot with yeah. the three eras that we have in AEW. A part of me, this is why I wish these the new fans of today, and some of them may actually do, 
because there's some real fans out there who not only just love what they see, but want to see how it became. I want to see more fans want to invest in learning of the past and how things were. I guarantee you, if you go back to even WWF era to some extent, and even, but especially NWA and look at those interview segments with like the horsemen with the midnight express with, um, with dusty roads and even Akita, like for God's Mm -hmm. sakes, you know, who was just talking gibberish and we supposed to think that they was Russian, but he had such conviction with it that we ran, we, we ran with it because kayfabe yeah. and, and, and Magnum TA with his mom and all that. Like, you go back to those promos and see how awesome and natural and genuine those guys were. It made you want to see what was going to happen next. It's, this it's, is a, it's why an art form. The WWE Network was fantastic when it was a standalone network. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you own Peacock, you still have that chance, at least until Netflix, you know, grabs it. So um, at least they're still out there. At least, the, you know, oh, AWA, too. I got to, you know, yeah. give them credit. Um, you had Nick Bockwinkle and Bobby Heenan. <laughs> if you want to see a lot of stars that you heard of, may know WCCW, right? Like world class. Oh, God. Oof. I mean, people like that. And, and, and you wonder where to see in punks. Got where got the ability to do what they do because they literally you know? learned from these masters. Terry Funk, like, yeah. Oh, Jesus Lord. I mean, yeah, go please, please. Percy fans. Pringle. Percy Pringle, Percy. man. Mm-hmm. He, he, that guy could talk. Yes, he could. Yes, he could, man. I mean, like did I mean part of when we, we used to watch wrestling back in the day was to watch just the promos alone. Yeah, because the promos would get you to the Philadelphia Civic Center to get you to the art, the armory to get you to, you know, Greensboro to get you it'll get you excited. And there's a part of it in AEW that does that and a part of it that don't. And they're not really consistent as they once were in two from 2019 to 2022. I need them to find their groove back and hopefully, you know, um, this new writer and, and, and person that they're adding to this new asset will be a starting point for that. That's what I'm hoping for, which is the, I just realized what came up next. And this is like the most beautiful segue because it was the Warlow interview. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I'm a little bit torn with it. I'm torn with it because I texted you yesterday. I'm like, wait, is he complaining about, what he's not getting from a stage from a from a uh, a playwright standpoint or because it sounded like that now maybe i gotta look look listen to it again but like i felt like he was doing a russo interview yeah, a, a russo promo it was, very weird. It, it, it was meant i i feel like it was meant to border on both worlds whether you know you're in the know or not in the know or whatever i don't i don't know it's it just, it just weird and warlow i don't know it was know. wcw russo weird we we're trying to get away from that. And especially from this company, like it's the same mistake that TNA made. It's the same mistake that other people right after the, the Monday night wars and the, and the attitude era and the, in the ECW era, like we've seen that shock value time anymore. We don't need to see that anymore. Like yep. I'm fatigued of that. Like I liked his conviction in the promo. Yeah, it's just the wording and the verbiage and and stuff that he was doing. It to me, it, it threw me off. I'm like, no, this is not what we need. This is the same. This is the same reason where other companies trying to get be on the up has failed because they tried to do the same mistakes that we saw from WCW. It just doesn't work. 
Warlow remembers the chance for his name. Warlow says the rocket that was put on his back was put on backwards, and he feels like he went straight to the ground. Warlow says people should be fired for not giving him a title shot, which is very weird. Warlow makes a CM Punk reference and says that he beat him up so bad that his body is still breaking down. Warlow says that he even beat the current AEW champion Samoa Joe. Warlow then says that he's the best in the world and he's better than you and he's the uncrowned king of AEW and he says he's starving and done with the scraps. Calm down there, Ryback. <laughs> okay, so when you re- when you played that back, so what I would do, what I would have done, I would have cut a piece of that chunk of that. You know, if I'm doing if I'm doing like video editing, <laughs> mind you. I would have taken that part when he talked about the like the backstage is not giving him a position, and then he goes and talks about who he beat. Focus Stick on that. With, make, that's what you should have stuck with. Don't talk about who's not giving you the opportunity to give you the title because you're not supposed. You're in a sport. You're you're fictitiously in a sport where you're supposed to earn your way through the rankings to get up there. Thank you, thank you. That's exactly it. That exactly it. You suppose uh, yes, um, you you can have an argument about you beat this 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 even though it was last year. Even yeah. though it was last year and they started new rankings, you people need to be reminded of what's going on in that company in, in terms mm-hmm. of story because they're just mm-hmm. this is the part where you're talking about like it's it's not being consistently done. Yeah, just a very weird overall thing that they did here. All right, the Bang Bang Scissor Gang celebrate their win from AEW Rampage, Bullet Club Gold, and the Acclaim. They start kind of bickering at each other until J-Ray throws out an idea for a match where Colton and Billy team up, where he, Colton, and Billy team up on AEW Collision. Bowens then says the Bang Bang Scissor Gang rules the world. And thus begins the planning of the seeds of the betrayal. Sure, cool. I don't (laughs) think so anymore. This is is very mid-card, Midnight Expressy. To yeah. me, no, wait, wait, wait. I'll give you an even better, better comparison. It's the midnight versus the dynamic dudes. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> YouTube that one, kiddos. <laughs> God, we Os- need that kind of good tag team. <laughs> I know. Will Ospreay will be on live on AEW Dynamite next week. That's really cool. Uh, Don Callis hypes up the family and calls Sammy Guevara a cuck. Which I think everybody wooed about because they didn't realize yeah. what he said. <laughs> I don't think people know what a, I don't think people know what a cuck means. I I personally don't. We thought we said cuck, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's absolutely why people got like, oh, yeah. Even though, yeah. Samoa Joe, Sore Circling, Brian Cage versus Hangman Adam Page, Hook and RV. Oh wait, 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 wait! Before you go there, let's let me let me stop you right there. Oh, yeah. Um, in terms of that segment. I don't know what's leading to that segment, which is going to lead to a very awesome match. But do you think possibly, possibly that this could be Takeshita going on his way out? If you notice the last match that he did where they slapped him yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, it, it, it might leave a subtle hint, but I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with this this uh, this matchup. That's coming. I just know that that match is going to be absolutely freaking awesome. Oh, it'll but, be fantastic. It'll be great. I'm really it's something that I'm really looking forward to. I've I've talked to people who think that it's Osprey that's gonna go off. I don't know. I don't necessarily think that's for sure. I think Os I don't know, man. Osprey, can he do it on his own with his own mic skills? He maybe maybe with the Don Callis, it's just 
Like he can't do the, the same limit. promos that he does in New Japan. No, 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 no. He can't. Because he goes like he's he 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 goes off like a like a UFC fighter mm -hmm. at a press conference. <laughs> you sounded like uh, what's his face on Raw. McGregor. McGregor. <laughs> or, like, yeah. Yeah. Samojo, Sir Strickland, and Brian Cage versus Hangman and Page, Hook, and Rob Van Dam. This match was okay. The real story was between the main event of AEW Revolution, which is Joe Strickland and Paige Hook and RVD were kind of like there. What I, you know what? Here's the thing. One of those two were going to take the pin. Oh, God, yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, Rob Van Dam doing the honors, I thought it was pretty, it was pretty reasonable. Yep. It made sense. Um, Joe sends Paige to the outside and dives onto him and then swerve, quote-unquote, accidentally kicks Joe. Paige slams swerve through the commentary table. Joe with a muscle buster, but Paige gets out of it. Hook with a suplex on Joe. RVD sets himself up for the five-star frog splash, but Cage shoves him fall, allowing Joe to get in a coquina clutch on RVD for the win. Samoa Joe, Brian Cage, and Swerve Strickland win. Uh, Samoa Joe, Swerve, and Paige all give each other the googly eyes to end the show. But I don't know if you realized, I think something might have happened with uh, Hangman. You think so? Uh, when he did that, when he was trying to do that muscle buster and he flipped off, he flipped off the wrong way and it didn't look like it landed well. Yeah. And, yeah I did notice that. I did notice that because they yeah, focused I, for the ending, they actually focused on Joe and yeah. Swerve, and Hangman wasn't really shown much after that. Yeah, I don't know if Hangman's going to become peg leg Adam Page at this point, but hopefully it's not serious and he will be able to keep going, but it didn't look too good. That landing yep. just did not look good at all. Yep. So we're really building up to AEW Revolution. Next week is the go-home show. Um, I kind of feel like the buildup has been slower and slower and slower. Like, I'm looking forward to it, but I honestly feel like big business is going to be the real big show of I Agreed. I, I absolutely agree with that. Big business... It's only been mentioned a little bit, but the the hype for it just has been utilized a little bit more than Outside this. But the match quality, match. the match quality of Revolution is going to be sick. Yep. I just feel like it's it just waiting to the last moment to build. Like I I don't understand why he waits so long to let people know who's going to be in these matches. Yeah, what I don't like sometimes with about AEW is like they build up some matches and you kind of have an idea, but they don't make anything official until literally the last dynamite before. Which is weird because that's not what they used to do in again 2019 or 2022. Yeah, we would know these things like in advance a long time ago, given getting us excited about each and every match. And lately, it's just like he he's just dragging on his feet at the last minute. I'm like, how are you selling arenas? And then. That answers my question. He's not. He's not. That's the problem. Because but when he does announce things, happens. people actually get hyped in advance for it. Like if you build I, it, they will come. That doesn't again, like you said, that doesn't always happen. And that's not always true. Yep. ACMG, what's going on with ACMG? ACMG, we got uh let me see. As far as select start, uh, I got some I, I got a bunch of video games I beat this week that I gotta review. I'm probably gonna review. We're leading into Final Fantasy VII uh rebirth next week. And of course, right after that, we're going into the WWE 2K24 uh dual review that we'll be doing. But this week I had an opportunity to talk with uh my good friend Desmond Wong. He's from he's a game developer from Singapore. 
And he, it, some of you may have actually played this game called Cat Quest, which is an amazing freaking game. The third installment is coming out very soon, uh, sometime this year. And we got a chance to talk about it. Um, he's being, this game is so good as being recognized by both Nintendo and PlayStation. Um, they were just on PlayStation State of Play, which to me is like just as awesome. Like to be recognized by Nintendo is one thing, and being on their um, their Nintendo Direct is absolutely awesome. Now they're being recognized by you know PlayStation, which is now leveling up their deal. And fun fact: the first two games was only designed, developed, and animated by three people. And if you see how deep this game is. It is in freaking incredible. And I played through both the first two games. If you like Zelda, if you like roguelike stuff and you like great animation and great art style and all this stuff, this game, and you're a cat lover and a dog lover, you're going to love this game. Um, it has developed a really great cult following. And uh, we talked about the third um, episode. And this time it was in video because last time we, we, I had the last two times he was there, it was just audio. And, um, you know, it was great. It was really great to finally get a chance to see him. And get a chance to have we have always have great discussions and I learn a lot from him and in a lot of ways inspired by what these guys have done. You know, these indie developers who worked for bigger companies prior to decided they want to just do their own thing and create their own art and their own freedom. And I always commend stuff like that. So uh mm -hmm. go if you get a chance, go out of your way, check it out. It's on talktomlive.com right now, both audio and video. And after this, I'm gonna watch the last airbender and I'm gonna review that on Sunday on the prime okay. show. Very curious about that one. I'll yeah, probably be a little later today. I have a full another full day of work, but we are always working here on SNME Radio uh, Sunday night's main event this weekend. We have AJ Francis from TNA Wrestling joining us on the show. Right. Another partnership between SNME and Slam Wrestling, which has been awesome. It's been very very cool. Elimination Chambers coming up this Saturday morning. If you're on the East Coast, five a.m. Um, the Smack Daddies have graciously volunteered to do an aftercast for that one. No live show, obviously. What's the point? Yeah, kudos yeah. for not worthy. God Smack bless, Daddies. God bless, God bless. <laughs> yeah, right? They're going to be up. They're going to be changing diapers because they're daddies. Inject um, caffeine within their system. <laughs> it's also 6 a.m. for them. They're an hour ahead of us. Okay, still. Yeah, it's still I mean, early. I, I know. I, I got, look, look, yeah. You know what Take the one for the me? team. I'll probably still be at the bar. <laughs> I'm watching it when it's on replay. I'm just there's no way I'm waking up that late yeah, hour. Yeah. I love the Elimination Chamber match, but it's like, uh. yeah. So we have a lot going on this weekend. Um, Smack Daddies, they've already recorded their show. They have the spoilers. So I'm going to have that up. Clear spoilers. So that's going to be coming up probably early tomorrow on Friday, maybe even tonight. I'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah. Make sure to watch that. We have the Elimination Chamber aftercast. We have the main show. We have so much happening. The Raw Dogs are back. So you're going to be want to be listening out for them. Uh, uh, Steve Swift and all of his rambling reviews, including NXT and Portland. So much on the go here on SNME Radio. If you want some SNME merch, go to Chopped Tees. Uh, we're going to add the link in the show notes again. Thank you, guys. Thank you, gals. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Dax. Until next time, stay tranquilo.